For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. Today's episode, we are getting into the offensive tackle class slowly winding down we only have one more group to go and that is the quarterbacks next week i'm joe DeLeon, joined only by alex skillstrap today no ryan he will be back the following week but today nonetheless we must power through and finish up with this offensive line group talking about the tackles which has a number of very very talented players within it before we get to that though folks i just need to tell you about bet online BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. March Madness is upon us, and BetOnline has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds that you need. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. And look, folks, we already know your bracket's been busted for a while now. Stop wasting your time. Stop getting your hopes up because you think that maybe one of the teams will get in the Final Four. Don't do it. Go make your money back by actually going and betting on these games and having a little bit more of an opportunity, a realistic shot of making some money. Head to their website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Alex, well, it's just going to be you and me today. I think this is the first time it's just been me and, me and you doing yeah, this before. Yeah, you and Ryan have, have hit it just y'all two a couple times, but this will be the first time it's just you and yeah, I. Yeah, and we, we've also done the, the Ryan and you that one time I was in California, yes. and yeah. um, I am moving this weekend, so hopefully that doesn't complicate things and we can still record, but uh, it is Easter on Sunday, so happy Easter, folks. So let's get to these tackles, though, Alex. I, I want to get into talking about these guys because there are a lot of really talented players. There are going to be some some franchise tackles in this group, some interesting names, also some questionable ones as we typically wrap up with. So, Alex, uh, before I can ask you who your best zone blocker is, Ryan provided us with his picks, and he went with Christian Derisaw. Now, you don't have Derisaw, but what do you think about Derisaw as his top zone blocker? Yeah, Darisaw, that's definitely the the role and that's definitely the scheme that he fits in best. And you'd be surprised when you when I first clicked on his tape, you just look at him and you're like, oh, this is going to be a mauler. This is going to be a Makai Becton-esque, you know, physical profile, but he can move. You know, there's the there's the play that stands out that everyone's seen on Twitter by now where he's running 60 yards downfield to be a lead blocker for <laughs> his running back. So Christian Darisaw can move. Uh, I, I the thing with him, and you know, I was going to touch on this uh, in my "Don't Get It," is you get some inconsistencies with his his motor. Sometimes, you know, it seems like sometimes he, as the game goes on, and I know that's typically true with most guys. The game goes on, he just seems to be a little bit more sloppy with his technique. He's still a first round prospect for me, and in a zone blocking scheme, that's where you're going to get the best play out of him. 
Um, but he, yeah, he perfectly fits this mold. But for me, I have uh, Samuel Cosme from Texas. And this is someone that we've been talking about since the summer as one of the most athletic tackles in this year's class. And that's what he is. His foot cadence is just spectacular. From His lower body is up there with Pene Sewell. And Pene Sewell's honestly is the best zone blocker. He probably is one of the best power blockers. That's just what you get with a blue chip talent in Pene Sewell, who we'll talk about a little bit later. But aside from Sewell, Cosme just from an athletic and, and footwork standpoint is at the top of this class. And he looks like he's uh, kind of getting in that mix of that tier two behind the the Sewells and the Slaters as people are, you know, calling him an offensive tackle, whatever you call him. He seems to be right in the, the beginning to middle of that second tier where we're going to see him in the second half of that first round. And I mean, athleticism's off the charts and I think you got a ways to go uh, from a physical profile, but I think he has all the room in the world to gain strength in his lower body and continue to, to develop in that way. Now the, the flip side of things, and, and we had the same categories as last week, is power blockers, the, the big heavy movers. And you, you mentioned how, Derisaw looks like he might be like Makai Becton, and Becton is a big, powerful athlete, did a fantastic job in his first year with the Jets. If we're talking about power blockers in this year's class, we get Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State for Ryan. And again, you didn't pick Tevin Jenkins, but what do you think about him as uh, oh no! You put Tevin Tevin Jenkins down. I completely. <laughs> Jalen Mayfield was Ryan's. I can't believe I just did that. Yeah. No, you're good. No, right, no. I'll talk about Mayfield first because uh, Mayfield has been kind of in the news lately after his pro day. In a year where it seems like everyone's testing is off the charts, everyone's running great times and everyone's jumping really well. Jalen Mayfield, out of that, you know, I talked about that second tier of offensive tackles that Samuel Cosme's in. Tevin Jenkins, who I'm going to talk about in a second, and Jalen Mayfield are both well in that tier as well. But Jalen Mayfield is the lone guy thus far through pro days that seem to have a disappointing day. And look, like Ryan said, he's a power blocker. That's the that's the mold in which you're going to have success with him if he's going to find success at the next level. And we've just seen constant development from him. You look at his 2019 tape and his abbreviated 2020 tape because he didn't play the full season, and he just looks like a different animal. Uh, just really, re, you know, technical refinement is the biggest takeaway from what you get in his 2019 or 2020 tape excuse me uh from the 2019 season and I'm a big fan of Jalen Mayfield the testing was a little bit uh concerning I I don't think he's a great athlete but I thought he was going to come out better than he did and like I said you know in a in a year where these testing numbers are just suddenly really well I mean it has something to do with the fact that there's no official NFL combine and they could be a little skewed because they're coming from the school uh, you know, it was disappointing, but Jalen Mayfield, man, physical presence on the outside, plays right tackle, uh, which you don't see with, you know, some of these guys that you're talking about in the first round. Usually first round offensive tackles, man, the left side of the offensive line, but as a right tackle, I think he's one of the better uh, options, you know, late day one, early, middle of second round. Uh, so I definitely agree with Ryan there, but you, like you talked about a second ago, Tevin Jenkins, that's just what he is. He's just a mauler. You know, we talked about Makai Becton being that mauler type, you know, when talking about Christian Darisol and comparing their body types uh, from a physical standpoint. But Tevin Jenkins plays like it. I mean, all you have to do is flip on the Texas tape and watch him just obliterate Joseph Osai the whole game, <laughs> who is someone that a lot of people want to see in the first round or think is yeah borderline first round talent there in, uh, out of Texas. But Tevin Jenkins, man. Not the longest guy, not the tallest guy, but you're going to feel him for four quarters. And he's he's just physical. That's just that's the name of his game. And, you know, people love plugging him into 
Pittsburgh in mock drafts. And it makes so much sense because Pittsburgh running that power run offense. If you get Tevin Jenkins working downhill on some, uh, uh, you know, working to the second level and, and different things like that, you know, he comes with some momentum because he's a strong, strong man with strong, strong hands. So he, he definitely, him and Jalen Mayfield mm. definitely headlined this class from a power blocking standpoint. Yeah, Mayfield and Jenkins, both very fun names. And I mean, Mayfield is a very interesting one considering how well he did in such few games, and he could be really a, a high upside prospect if he can hit those expectations the way he played in those limited games. So we're, we're going to get to our best pass blocker. Before we do, though, I want to talk to you folks about Sunday Scaries. Now, folks, you might not know this about me, and if you know me well enough, uh, you know that I do not relax well. With my crazy life, it's just hard for me to shut off my brain and chill. I overthink, I get easily stressed out, and it effing sucks. So I did my homework, and I found Sunday Scaries, which are delicious and vitamin-boosted CBD gummies. They've become a must-have in my daily routine, and they chill me out in just under tw- in about 20 minutes. Basically, they help me take the edge off so I can maintain my composure and live scare-free. And there's no risk to buy. The company offers a 100% lifetime money-back guarantee. If the product's not for you, that's okay. You'll get your money back. Sunday Scaries is in the stress-relieving business, not the stress-causing business. I got you 25% off. To prove it, visit sundayscaries.com and use my promo code. This is actually Ryan's promo code for some reason, Roberts, uh, for your discount. That's promo code Roberts for 25% percent off at sundayscaries.com they're effing amazing and you won't regret joining their squad so we're on to the next one and this has to be the most important category when talking about tackles especially left tackles it doesn't surprise me that you and ryan picked the same guy but you need a guy who's a good pass blocker you need a guy that is technically sound that wins most of his reps because if you want to plug him on the left side He needs to be consistent. We've seen plenty of tackles get drafted early. It doesn't really pan out just because they're so inconsistent. Just because a guy has the traits doesn't always mean it translates. So, Alex, who is the guy that you both picked as the best pass blocker? Yeah, the best in this class in general is just Pene Sewell and, and, you know, just to kind of put it to a to a superlative i mean the best pass blocker is penesul out of oregon and that's a that's a blue chip talent i know ryan will agree with that i can speak for him in that regard that this is one of the best tackles we've seen in a decade plus uh at the position and you know the last tape we got of him was 2019 obviously as an uh as an opt-out this season one of the early opt-outs and Look, you just look at his tape. He's 19 years old, and he is just punishing Pac-12 defenders. And he just looks like a savvy veteran. He looks like he looks like an NFL player mm-hmm. playing at the collegiate level with that level of dominance. And you see, you get that at 19 years old. And I don't care what you say. Uh, I, you know, this is an argument that has gone on on Twitter for the last six, eight, <laughs> ten months since since people have been opting out. Yeah. And that is that is really that. You know, when you're not playing games, that is when you get better. I, I, people say, you know, you get better with reps, and there is some truth in that when you see, you know, you get a feel for live game action, but you get physically better as a football player in the offseason. That's when you get stronger. That's when you get athlete, more athletic. That's when you work on the technical side of your position. Penny Sewell is going to walk into the NFL better than he was in 2019, which I think is a huge misconception with all these opt-outs this year, thinking that they're going to take, you know, they they – 
prohibited themselves from continuing to develop because they didn't get live game action. You get better, you get stronger, you get faster, you get more technically refined in the off season when you're working drills. You're not you're not practicing, you know, the schemes, you know, you're not you're not going through walkthroughs. You're practicing to get better in the off season and that's what Penny Sewell and a lot of these guys that opted out got was just an elongated they got a free year to get yeah. better uh, over some of these other guys and I you know, I know you as a as a uh, former football player as well, you can speak to this, or as a current football player, you can speak to this. Do you think you get better in the off season or during the season? Uh, during the off season, but I, look, I will say nothing replaces game reps. Nothing replaces the reps that you put in during a, a week of practice. But what people don't realize, and I think why everybody got got into a fuss, is that everybody's all pissed and annoyed that they don't have the film to watch from this year. But the reality of it is, most guys actually physically regress. I know that happened to me, and there's a lot yes. of guys that I played with because of injury, and not, and you're not training properly. You're usually only lifting two to three times a week instead of the four to five times, depending on how much you're really pushing yourself during the offseason. So guys lose muscle mass. They're constantly lagging towards the end of the year. You feel like crap. What people don't realize is all of the bulk, all of the, the physical strength, all the footwork, all that stuff gets improved during spring ball and it gets improved during training. On top of that, separate from the fact that Sewell's training at a Pac-12 school, the ability to go train at a top level NFL pro day yeah, point. And, and combine gym with position specific coaches that get paid a ton of money you get even better the the strides that I made physically during my pro day prep were crazy you know I got so much bigger I got a lot more athletic some of those steps went backwards after I got surgery but it, it's very telling to me who has no idea how football works when they argued about this stuff because you regress during a football season not in the middle of a season. No, no, it's our yeah, way. You just become other way around. You regress during the season, right. not during the off season. No, yeah, you just become stronger. You become better. You work on those refined tech. You know, like I said, we were talking about footwork and and just hand placement. You work on those things with a position specific coach at an NFL geared training yeah. facility. That's what he's doing. That's what he's done for a year now. Where the whereas these other guys that played the season have only been doing for the last couple months prepping for the NFL draft. I think Sewell's going to walk in and be a stellar offensive tackle. Uh, I, I would be surprised if Cincinnati, if they stay at five, is going to pass on him. I think he's a top five mm. pick. He's a blue chip prospect in my opinion. I, he's a he's really a can't miss guy in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, no, I get that, and it just continues to scream. Who knows nothing about football and just. Watch his tape. Uh, we're going to get to uh, who we don't want to meet in a dark alley, the scariest dudes in this tackle class. Before we do, though, I got to tell you folks about eBay. And I am really starting to get into to buying nice clothes and shoes. Um, now that I have a full-time job as a producer with Believe, I want to look good when I'm going out and I'm hanging out with my friends. And I started looking at eBay sneakers, which has a fantastic selection. It's better than any other marketplace out there. Whether it's rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe that you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the, the pair that you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity, and it also protects sellers with a verified return process. Also, for those sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling sneakers 
sorry, selling fees on sneakers $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. So we've got a few more categories. We have four exact that we want to get to here, Alex. And uh, Ryan picks Tevin Jenkins, his name being brought up again as the meanest dude in this class, the guy that you don't want to meet in a messy situation. So you did not pick Jenkins. Why did you pick Raidens instead? Oh, I, I just knew Ryan was going Jenkins, <laughs> and I had already I had already picked him for a uh, power block scheming guy. So, yeah, you don't want to meet, you know, talking about don't want to meet in a dark alley, a segment that I uh, got blasted for last week when talking about Ben Cleveland. Uh, but Tevin Jenkins, much of the same thing. You just get that physicality. You know, we talked about it. Watch that Joseph Osai tape. Joseph Osai wanted nothing to do mm. with Tevin Jenkins physically in that game. And it's it just it's just a mean demeanor. He's got that country strong to him. I'm going to talk about Dylan Radins a little bit from North Dakota State. Someone we didn't get to see this year either. But that 2019 tape is just so much fun. He's just dominating. You know, that's what you want to see at that level of competition. You know, Trey Lance is a, a big talking point. You know, talking about some of these other North Dakota State guys, we saw Jabril Cox transfer the linebacker <clears throat> from North Dakota State to uh, LSU. You know, got a, got a Power Five season in the SEC. And Dylan Radins, we didn't get to see that, but we got to see him dominate at that level, that FCS level. And you know, he, this guy's six foot five plus, three hundred and five pounds. He he weighed in at at the Senior Bowl and. And people still want to move him to guard, and that just you know, and that's that'd be a light guard, but that just goes to show you the physical presence of which he plays, especially in the run game. He just loves to just take guys out. You know, looking up a highlight tape of Dylan Raidens, I think someone posted one not long ago that I watched, and he's just mowing guys over at the second level, down five, ten yards down the football field. I think he has a good blend of athleticism to pair with some physical physicality, and you know, me being a the size of some of the guys that he just manhandled at the FCS level. I um I don't want any part of Dylan Radins. <laughs> yeah, I think what people tend to forget is that in the conference that North Dakota State plays in, they play a lot of guys that had FBS offers, had opportunities to play at decently sized programs at the FBS level, and they chose to start at an FCS school instead and that doesn't, you know, the guys that Radons was going against are still pretty talented guys, but regardless, the size is there, and the fact that he could plant some of those dudes, I think, is very telling um, of how talented Radons could be. Speaking of talent, we love to mention prospects that we feel have high upside and could turn out to be gems. And this is specifically day three. Now, Ryan picked a guy that I actually got to see a ton of over the past few months because if you don't know, I train at Test. I was doing my rehab for the past six months at Test in Martinsville, New Jersey, which I stand by as the best training facility in the country, especially because they don't have any distractions like some of these other places over by the beaches. Uh, but Tommy Doyle from Miami of Ohio, I that dude is a massive human being. Seeing him in person and just seeing him practice the drills that he was doing uh, the guy can move for a player his size his pro day was today and I um I know that they were very hyped up about seeing what he does but Tommy Doyle is an interesting name to be aware of and so is the guy that you picked as well yeah to, you know firstly to go to Tommy Doyle Ryan loves his six foot eight offensive <laughs> tackles big Spencer Brown fan out of northern Iowa I'm surprised he didn't find a way to get him in here as uh, kind of the leader of that train, that hype train, uh, Spencer Brown, Tommy Doyle, also six foot eight, but 
not quite the athleticism. He has good athleticism, especially for the size, but Spencer Brown has some special athleticism. But Tommy Doyle, talk about some physicality and a, a lot of room to grow in that body too, much like Spencer Brown. I think that's why uh, Ryan likes him on day three as a developmental guy. For me, it's Deontay Smith, uh, East Carolina. This is someone that went to the Senior Bowl. And leading up to the Senior Bowl, a lot of guys started, uh, you know, a lot of guys of draft Twitter started putting their eyes on him to see what to expect. And he started to see a rise just before the Senior Bowl, and he just continued to build on that momentum uh, d- throughout the week in Mobile. He's just super athletic. He, he mirrors and matches very well uh, in those one-on-one situations that you saw all week. And he just, he really was the big winner uh, from the offensive lines uh, position group overall, both teams, the national and American team. And I say day three upside. I think a lot of people think he's this fourth round developmental offensive tackle. I actually have a third round grade wow. on him, and that's that's you know developmental guys. I usually have an early day three grade on. If you if you can't play for me, I don't think in year one it's usually a fourth or fifth round grade. If I like that upside, but Deontay Smith, I think just I, I can, the scope in which you can see that he's going to get to that potential that you know and develop into what I think he can be I can see it so clear and it's because he has that athleticism he has a size he just has to add a little bit of strength to his game and and I think you know given his size he played very well in one-on-one situations which are geared towards defensive linemen winning anyways because you're simply playing on an island and that's just a hard thing to do in those one-on-one situations I think you get this guy in an NFL weight room, get him out of East Carolina, get him in an NFL weight room, NFL strength and conditioning and nutrition, and you bulk this guy up another yeah, 10 pounds, which he can easily add in his lower half if you if you look at you know just his body composition. He looks like he can gain 10 pounds in his lower half. You gain 10 pounds on this guy, maintain a lot of that athleticism, and I think you have a franchise tackle in years two through four easily mm-hmm. uh, in that rookie contract. So Deontay Smith, you know, we're talking about day three upside. I have it, like I said, late day, uh, late round three, day two grade on him. Uh, I love the upside of this guy. And I can, like I said, I can see him getting to that potential. It's not just a projection. I see it happening. Yeah, he's got a little bit of Matt Pert in him. So maybe he can hit on that upside. Speaking of the opposite of upside, guys that we just don't get and that are being way overhyped, if I had to guess who you guys would have picked, I probably could have without you guys having to write them down and leave it to Ryan to manage to still get a dig on Alex Leatherwood, who he said last show was an interior guy. And I believe that was his don't get it last week, if I'm if I'm correct. I, I think he might have picked Alex Leatherwood last week. Yes, he did. Uh, so Ryan just loves to talk about Alex Leatherwood in a, in a negative sense. <laughs> We, t- we, we agreed that he was an interior offensive line, but I guess most people uh, yeah. still will probably consider him a tackle first and throw him inside if it doesn't work out. So for the sake of the general consensus, I guess we can throw him in this show as well. And I, and I understand it. You know, I talked about I actually kind of like him as a guard. I think that's where you the concerns you have with him and his tape at tackle, I think, are mitigated when you move him inside. So I actually don't mind Alex Leatherwood as a day two option, a midday two option if you are going to throw him at guard. If you're trying to play him at tackle, I'm with Ryan here. You just you lose on a lot of upside. You've seen what he does. He's 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 done it. We've seen it on the national stage and we saw it at the senior bowl too. He's getting ran around guys that are average athletes at the college level. So it, 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 I get it. And for me, my guy, uh someone that, you know, you talked about we're we're low on. I don't think I'm necessarily low on him. It's just I've I've had a string of shows here where I'm talking about guys that have the injury concerns, and this is one of those injury guys that 
has just not been in the news. Walker Little out of Stanford. This is someone that two years ago was looked at into the 2020 draft as being an easy first rounder, a top 15 pick, and suffered an injury right at the beginning of 2019, opted out of 2020. We haven't, we've seen one game of film tape in him since 2018, and that was the first week in 2019 when he suffered a season-ending injury uh, against Northwestern there. And you go back to his 2018 tape, you look at uh, the one game of 2019, the, the three quarters or so that he played, and I never really saw it. And you pair that, you know, I, I think he, he struggled 2018 against Notre Dame. That's a tape that really stands out. He was just getting pushed, pulled like nobody's business. And for someone that was looked at as being this top 10, top 15 guy, you know, going into that 2020 draft cycle, uh, of course, you know, suffering the injury, he ended up deciding to stay in school. Then, of course, the the COVID uh, pandemic, pandemic happened and he opted out. So, Get no film on him. I didn't love his tape before that. I didn't understand the hype at that point. Walker Little is going to be an interesting storyline to to kind of watch out for in April, late April when the draft does come. Because I can't, I couldn't tell you where this guy goes. I could see a team. I mean, he has good, you know, good athleticism, but the the knee injury that he suffered, I just don't know where this guy's going to land. I could see him being a third round pick. I could see him going on an undrafted, and it's really just a big old question mark because no one's talking about him anymore um so it, it's really more so than don't get it um i think a lot of people aren't talking about him i just wanted to talk about this guy a little bit because this is someone that like i said was a top 10 top 15 pick just you know being talked about as that kind of like Derek stingley last year someone that came onto the scene early and was talked about as being this huge you know guy in the future and he just kind of fell off the face of the earth mm. in, in some degree. I haven't heard anything about him. So Walker Little, just want to give a little, I just want to touch on him just a little bit. Um, I might start a conversation on Twitter. I just want to hear what people think about him because I you don't hear anything about Walker Little. Little, you talk about all these injury guys. Jalen Phillips has been all over Twitter this weekend and early this week with the Pro Day at Miami. You talk about Caleb Farley all the time. Obviously, those are first-round caliber football players and Walker Little was considered that at one point in time and that's that was the case the last time we saw him which was the first week in 2019 so just wanted to touch on him a little bit yeah maybe the reason why no one's talking about him is because there's nothing to talk about (laughs) well yeah we you might that might be the case it's just you it's the same guy and as you saw in 2019 I'd, I'd love to hear how those medicals checked out because it's just been so long right right so uh, we've got one more category, and you can probably guess what that is, folks. It's top prospect. I, I'm not going to beat it, beat around the bush here. We know Penny Sewell is the top prospect, and we already talked about him. So just give us your final thoughts, Alex, before we finish up today's show. Yeah, I don't want to dive too much into Penny Sewell. As I already talked about him earlier in the show, but Penny Sewell is the number one offensive tackle and offensive lineman in this year's class. Uh, some, Daniel Jeremiah, started the train of – of Rayshon Slater potentially being offensive tackle one. I have him graded out as a uh, interior offensive lineman, though I think he is someone that I'd be comfortable with starting at offensive tackle uh, week one, giving him a try there. I, he meets the thresholds. I think he he's fully the athlete enough. That's not in question. I think he can hold up on the, the edge. I just think he could be a great guard. Uh, and, you know, so if you want to talk about top fives real quick, it's Penny Sewell, number one, uh, of course. And then if you're playing them at tackle, I like Rayshon Slater over Christian Darisol. I kind of expressed some of my concerns with Darisol and that motor and kind of consist- inconsistency problems there. Uh, and then Samuel Cosme, who we talked about at the beginning of the show, 
followed by Dylan Radins. I'm a big Dylan Radins fan, as you can tell with, <laughs> when we were talking earlier. So just wanted to give a quick little top five since there's nothing really to talk about with Penn Sewell. Yeah, it, it, we already kind of covered him, and, and I think for the most part, most sane human beings that cover the NFL draft have Sewell as that number one. So no need to really go too crazy. Things are going to get really spicy next week as we are going to be doing excuse me, our quarterback rankings. Um, and I just know that there will be some very, very fun discord um, discourse. rather. Folks, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review. Also, follow us on social media at NFL Prospects Pod, at Joe DeLeon, at Alex Gilstrap, and at Rise in Draft for Ryan. Um, also, follow Believe Podcasts, at B-L-E-A-V Podcasts on Twitter um, and Instagram, and head to Believe.com to find our show as well as hundreds of other amazing shows. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Talk to you soon, and we've got interviews coming up later on in the week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.